0: hello welcome to this week's episode of the guilt grace and gratitude podcast I'm one of your co-hosts Peter Bell and we are on article number eight of the Belch confession written by Guy Debray on the Trinity start this week's episode make sure you've listened to this Monday's beginning of our short best of series as Nick and I take a break before we start season number four on the Reformed Church and we begin this best of series with our fifth, most downloaded episode of season two, Spark Note Seminary, Science and the Bible, with Dr. Jack Collins or John Jack Collins of Covenant Theological Seminary, talks about the relationship of science and the Bible, what questions both are asking, and how they both answer them, and whether or not they are distinct from each other or just simply asking different questions about God's general and special revelation. And this Thursday's book club with Isaac Adams, newly installed as senior pastor of Iron City Church in Birmingham, Alabama, on whose new Zondervan book talking about race. This is a different book on race and racism that you probably read before. This is more so on how do we have conversations around race and racism, not just what do we do about this, how can we figure this stuff out, but how do we even start having conversations. What are the other people we're talking to thinking? What are their experiences? It's a great book. It is saturated in the gospel. How does the gospel show forth a better conversation of race and racism? So let's get started. Article number eight on the Trinity. In keeping with this truth and word of God, we believe in one God who is one single essence, in whom there are three persons, really truly, and eternally distinct, according to their incommunicable properties, namely Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Father is the cause, origin, and source of all things, visible as well as invisible. The Son is the word, the wisdom, and the image of the Father. The Holy Spirit is the eternal power and might, preceding or proceeding from the Father and the Son. Nevertheless, This distinction does not divide God into three, since scripture teaches us that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit each has its own subsistence, distinguished by characteristics, yet in such a way that these three persons are only one God. It is evident, then, that the Father is not the Son, and that the Son is not the Father, and that likewise the Holy Spirit is neither the Father nor the Son. Nevertheless, three persons, thus distinct. Are neither divided nor fused or mixed together. For the Father did not take on flesh, nor did the spirits, but only the Son. The Father was never without his Son, nor without His Holy Spirit, since all of these are equal from eternity, in one and the same essence. There is neither a first nor a last, for all these or for all three are one in truth and power and goodness and mercy. So if this sounds like something pretty familiar to you, if you've read the Nicene Creed or the Athanasian Creed, this article is built pretty similarly to those two. Though it's a little bit less robust on the two natures and the fullness of the Trinitarian Godhead. It really does encompass a lot of these things. Like he begins with the truth in the word of God. We base our doctrine of the Trinity on the word of God. And much like covenants, in Genesis 1 to 3, which does not, in the word, appear in the first three chapters. Yet the concepts, the theological concept, is there when we read this in the context of the theology that it is showing forth. And much the same is true of the Trinity. The Trinity, as a word, does not appear on the pages of Scripture. But we can take due and necessary consequence in order to get to this theological concept, we see that the Father and the Son and the Spirit share the same divine nature, like Debray says, yet they are really, truly, and eternally distinct according to their incommunicable properties. So it begins Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Father is the cause. So he's a thing, doesn't create in the sense that we create, creates out of nothing. But he's the thing that things proceed from. He's the source of all things, both visible and invisible. And the second person of the Trinity is the Son. We see the Son in John 1 is called the Word. The Word was with God. The Word creates all things from John 1, 1 through 4. And he's the wisdom. He's the one whom Proverbs is talking to us about. He's the wisdom of God. 1 Corinthians 1, at the end of 1 Corinthians 1, he's the wisdom that the world thinks Foolish. And he's also the very image of the Father. So when the disciples are walking around with Jesus Christ, that image, this very real human person that they're walking with, is the in God. He's the second person. He's the one who shows forth who this God is. And we also get this in Philippians 2. This God in the second person takes on human flesh. So he's not a divinized human being. He's not this this human being that becomes God-like he's distinctly God and he's distinctly man and the Holy Spirit, the eternal power, the, the one who proceeds from the father and the son. So we can say God, the father is the one who plans these things. That was the power to plan these things the pl- power to plan our salvation. The son is the one who actually affected is what who obeyed unto our salvation to give us a righteous record. And the spirit is one who proceeds from the father and the son to apply what the father has planned and the power to do and what the son has actually accomplished. Like he says, this does not divide the Godhead into three. There's no three gods, but the father and the son and the spirit, they're each their own person. So the difference between person and divinity they all share precisely the same divinity. They don't, it's not just different halves or one third of the same divine pie that each one of these trinitarian persons share they all share precisely the same divinity yet they're distinct persons as they says each has its own subsistence He says, distinguished by characters it's fancy theological speech for person he's there they're each these three distinct persons within the Trinity, these three distinct subsistences. But it doesn't mean that there's three gods or there's only one God. There's three persons in the one Godhead. And he goes on further. Father is not the son. Son is not the father. And likewise, the Holy spirit is neither the father nor the son. So they, they don't intermingle in the sense that they all are indistinguishable from each other. They're, They're truly distinguishable Yet they're not divided nor confused or fused or mixed together. Because the father is not the one who took on flesh. The father did not become incarnate. The son becomes incarnate who shares in precisely the same divine essence as the father. And the father was neither without a son nor without a spirit. So it wasn't just one day the Holy Spirit showed up or was created, or one day the Son was showed up, or created, or later on in the process, the Son becomes a Son. The Son was always a Son within the Godhead, and it becomes the infleshed Son in His incarnation. Since these are all equal from eternity, they're all one and the same essence. Neither first nor last, three in one, one in three. So I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode on Article Number Eight of the Belch Confessional. Where we talked through. They train deep theological concepts that are crucial for us to understand a proper relationship in the Trinity and how Christ is distinct from the Father, Father is distinct from Christ, and they're all distinct from the Spirit. And why these are good things for us to distinguish, but also they share in the same divine essence. Make sure you guys tune into next Monday. Next up in the Best Of series, we have our fourth most downloaded episode of Season 2 of Spark Note Seminary. New Testament background with Dr. Robert Yarbrough of Covenant Theological Seminary in St. Louis, Missouri. So he talks about some of the things that are happening outside of the Bible, what happened in first century Judah, what were Greeks and Romans thinking at this time, what kind of culture did Christ come into, what were writings like around this. Really interesting episode on the background of our New Testament writings. It gives us a deeper understanding, deeper appreciation for how Paul writes, how the gospel writers write, what the world is like at that time. And the next Thursday, we have Dr. Brian Estelle of Westminster Seminary, California's new Christian-focused book, The Primary Mission of the Church. What does the church exist to do? What's its focus? And how can we partner with the church in order for the church to do what's supposed to do? And how do individuals, how do they differ from the corporates? So I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. And next Saturday for article number nine, we'll be covering the scriptural witness on the church. So we talked about the doctrine of the Trinity. How does scripture show forth the Trinitarian doctrine? We will see you next week. Bye.